This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Highland, and we are just talking about everything that's going on right now uh, in the UK and as, I guess as well as the United States and really the world. But before we jump into all of that, Mr. Highland, real quick, please introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, um, my name's Philip Highland. Uh, up until 2020, I've lived a life of um, well-deserved obscurity. Um, when uh, a pandemic was declared, um, I was sceptical, and the more I've... Uh, lived through the declared pandemic, the more sceptical I've become. And uh, there's a big gap between what we're being told is happening and what 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 we're experiencing. So that, that's why it's a great privilege to come on to the show, because this show attempts to establish what's actually happening on the ground as opposed to what, what they tell us is happening because they label anything they tell us is happening, they label anything different, disinformation. But information is facts as experienced by the vast majority of people. So it, it, that's why it's great to be able to speak to you and um yeah i mean that is kind of a there's on one side or i guess kind of an upside of all of this is there's never been a more clear delineation between uh what the state's uh what the party line is and what the people's line is i mean normally if it's north korea or communist china or the soviet union it was always very clear but in the west We've always had to be like, where's the government have their like slimy little fingers? Where, you know, what's a narrative? What's propaganda? Now it's very clear. If it's uh, disinformation, well, then you know it's genuine and it's organic and it's right. It might not be true, but you know it's organic and there's no one pushing and crafting and trying to sustain and defend the narrative. It's just, it's what's happening. It's not, it's not some fragile you know, like candle in the middle of a hurricane that you're protecting and nope, everything else is misinformation, disinformation versus, versus here is this eloquently crafted, this is what it is, censor all, censor everyone talking about anything that opposes it. So with that sort of what's happening on the ground, can you talk about your experiences? And I believe not, was it charges or accusations against Mr. Boris Johnson? What what was it in, in specific? I mean, we're, we're in an interesting position, aren't we? Yes. Be- because the crime they want us to talk about is Boris Johnson having a few garden parties. A couple parties. Which broke the rules. So he's going to ask his friend, Crested Dick, with whom he was at university, who also knows Ghislaine Maxwell, to investigate these rule breaks, uh, breaches, you know, um, uh, having a party in his back garden. And they thought that was going to be sufficient 
But no, really, because what 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 the rule breach shows us is that they were telling us that there was a scary pandemic and criminalising anyone who met in more than groups of two, but they didn't believe the word they were saying. They were telling us back flies uh, to control us. So that that's um, a crime they don't want to investigate, which is the real crime. And the real crime is that they've gone to war on the population by using psychology, propaganda, um, uh, techniques to heighten a sense of fear, uh, to enable to, them to control us, uh, and then when, um, while so doing, uh, um, suppressing uh, cheap and available and safe, most particularly safe, alternatives like HCQ and zinc. I'll come back to that and ivermectin. Uh, they sort of um, did a hit job on those two, took out the competition to make way for this injection. And I'll, I'll give you a world exclusive. Um, uh, we, we actually managed to get hold of some vials of all, all, all of the uh, SARS-CoV vaccines. And we had a former, very experienced murder squad detective who undertook full chain of custody of the vials to get them tested in a very high-spec laboratory uh, in, in the UK. Um, with microscopes and video and everything. And you know what we found in, in the vials? They, they found graphene, they found carbon, uh, and they uh, found uh, shards of glass. Uh, and this is what they found in the vials. So we've, we've had to report back to the police but that, that puts the police in a bit of a dilemma because what, what we then have to work out is do we live in a system where the authorities decide what laws get enforced or do we live in a system where the rule of law applies, we're all equal before the law and it's the police officer's duty to act without fear and favour and arrest anyone they believe has been at best negligent in carrying out the duties and that negligence has cost the lives of thousands of British citizens. Not only that, it's left, I mean, we've got two terrible cases of young women aged 30 uh, one of whom's now fertile, and the other's got neurological problems. And they, they, they've been coerced into having that injection, which had no benefit to them, and left them with life-changing injuries. Now, how, how can that be right?
because we haven't taken, those people haven't taken that injection out of choice. They've taken it because the state, our government, have coerced people by taking away the right to travel, uh, having vaccine passports, clamping down on anyone who hasn't had the injection, um, making people's jobs dependent on having the injection. And this injection, it's got graphene in. It's got carbon in. It's got shards of glass. So um, if, if we live in a country, which I hope we do, um, the police should enforce the law without fear or failure and arrest those responsible, wh- whoever they are. So that, that's where we are in the UK. And I'd imagine you'll be having a similar conversation in the States because I heard um, someone in Texas has taken out a crime number. I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I had on two doctors last week who just who both said uh, they can't talk about it, but they now know definitively the death count, the vaccine related death count in the U- the U.S. is astronomically astronomically higher than anyone else. It seems like for future listeners, today is Monday, February second, twenty twenty two. It seems like we're on the verge of something. It seems like there are the leaks are too numerous in the dam of of the state run narrative, whether it's uh, that pro- the Project Veritas like leaked DOD uh, or excuse me DARPA papers or whether that DOD medical database thing it's called DMED or whether it's VAERS or whether it's the insurance companies talking about a 40% rise in, in deaths or the funeral homes talking about how their business is up like 600%. It seems like we're on the cusp of something but because I'm not because I'm one person with one set of limited experiences in one geographically limited area that's why I have on so many people from so many walks of life and, and so many places on earth is to talk about what they've seen. So I can't necessarily speculate on what's going on in Texas because or where the U.S., wherever you had, had just said, um, because I hadn't heard of it. But I would imagine with what they found in those vials, it would have to be at least peer reviewed, correct? Because. Yeah, we're getting that. Um... Sure. A summary report tomorrow, a 200-page report, hopefully by the end of the week, and then a peer-reviewed process as well by the end of the month. So it's about as factual as you can be. Yeah. Um, but probably labelled disinformation or something. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, everything is, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter, who cares? Yeah, everything is disinformation. But that, that, that proves the point, doesn't it? It does. I got permanently yeah. banned from YouTube. That's a badge of honour. So if they say it's disinformation or misinformation or a conspiracy theorist, just smile and say thank you because it's a badge of honor, right? If the Nazis say that you're disgusting, then that means you're probably not disgusting. Um, Do you think that what we're seeing in the UK right now, do you think that this is a a, a panic-induced damage control by Boris Johnson to sort of almost distract it? Like, hey, no more mandates, no more mask rules, just do whatever. Do you think that's what it is to hide from something much bigger? Because like, like you said, and like what many physicians have said on this podcast, forcing through coercion uh, a vaccine is, is obviously a violation of the Nuremberg Code, but there's a much bigger elephant in the room 
and it's the suppression of existing alternative generic cheap and safe drug use but regardless of those two do you think that's what what we're seeing in the uk is right now forget about everything else and the interesting thing is about that sadly is that suppression is a crime uh, that uh, England committed because it happened in two ways. Firstly, with ivermectin, we had Dr. Tess Laurie independently, not funded by anyone, peer-reviewing clinical scientific evidence and making a pretty much unequivocal recommendation that ivermectin should be used early and prophylactically. And um, so she made that independent recommendation, made it to the Prime Minister. Yet in Liverpool University, Dr Andrew Hill was toing and froing, deciding whether or not to recommend ivermectin. And in a rather excruciating call, he had with Dr. Tess Laurie, he had to say that unfortunately he couldn't recommend ivermectin um, and uh, he implicitly said that he'd been lent on by his sponsors and it, if you go back one or two paces, his sponsors are Bill and Melinda Gates. So um, um, then what happened is HMRA, rather than relying on, which is the equivalent of your FDA, rather than relying on Dr. Tess Laurie, who's recommending a safe, effective, independently recommended uh, drug, uh, they went with uh, Dr. Andrew Hill. But the problem the MHRA had is that they were sponsored by Bill and Melinda Gates as well. So um, if, if you then turn to HCQ, I, I'm afraid you thought that was bad. It, it gets worse because um, there's a, a Mr. Horby and a Dr. Horby or Professor Horby and Professor Landry from Oxford University around what you can only describe as the rather ironically entitled recovery trial using um, HCQ. Now, um, rather than follow what I, I understood as a layperson to be the recommended protocol, which is to take it prophylactically and at early onset, because it's an anti-inflammatory, at 200 mg. Um, no, they, did, they didn't adopt that protocol. The protocol they adopted was um, to use HCQ, no zinc, uh, at late onset um, respiratory syndrome, uh, but rather than give a dose of 200 to 400, I gave a dose of 2,400 in the first 24 hours. And as a witness who we took to 
um, Hammersmith Police Station said, who's a journalist, uh, very well-known newspaper in the UK, what she said is she'd been taking HCQ uh, for chronic conditions she had for the last 15 years, and she said the recommended daily dose is 200 to 400. And she said, if you'd given me, bear in mind, she said she'd been taking it for 15 years. And she said, it, had you given me 2,400, and even though I'm very tolerant, I would have ended up in the hospital. Yeah. So these people who are already in hospital, suffering from a respiratory syndrome, were given the wrong, wrong drug at, at the wrong stage of disease at about conservatively six times the recommended dose. So it wasn't an amazing surprise that 27% or thereabouts of the people on that trial died. And that, that's when the regulators stepped in and said it's unsafe. You know, the regulators have sponsored by Bill and Melinda Gates. And I, um, I understand I might be wrong, but I think the recovery trial was also sponsored by the same foundation. And um, so the regulators stepped in when 90 people had died, saying, well, that's uh, too many, it's unsafe. Yet here we are a year in and we've got 2,000 people on the yellow card system and even the MHRA say the yellow card system only records 10 percent so that's 20,000 people dead uh, with with the vaccine that we now know has got graphene shards of glass carbon and I, I, there's an, something else as well which I can't remember <laughs> so who's responsible for that why why were they so insistent we have it to the point that they took away our freedoms for an illness where they exaggerated and inflated the risk by using the uh, faulty PCR and LFT unreliable tests and to top it off applied clinical psychology to create really toxic division in society between the in-group, the masked, the vaccinated, the boosted, the socially distant, and the out-group are saying, what the hell is this all about? And and they've called the out-group, the people are looking on saying, let's have a look at the evidence for any of this stuff, lockdowns and the rest of it. Um, they called the out-group the convidiates, they called them uh, COVID deniers, they called them anti-vaxxers, far right, but none of, none of, none of that. That, that, that. That wasn't dealing with what we were looking at, which was the evidence. And the evidence from quite early on was that there's a wave of deaths in April 2020, and we'll come back to those. But then the things subsided by about May. And if we look at the deaths in April, uh, we've got 
some evidence that midazolam was used in care homes and a lot of people died. And uh, we've got evidence to that effect with the police. And then if we flip that over, because HCQ and ivermectin weren't recommended, uh, remdesivir was, but from what I'm hearing from your doctor, Brian Ardis, um, he, he was saying that remdesivir can um, bring about, you know, toxins in, in all sorts of organs and bring on your death. So something bad's gone on, hasn't it? You know, I've said this before that <clears throat> as evil as it is, I would at least understand it as a money grab because we've seen money grabs before, right? I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, going into Iraq for 9-11, Saddam had nothing to do with it. It was for oil. Like, we've seen this time and time again. We know we go into places because we want things there. Um, I'm sure the next one will be something to do with uh, with um, rare earth minerals. We see China with the Belt and Road Initiative in Africa. We, I've seen, we've seen this before. It doesn't make it any less evil, but at least we kind of, you kind of get it. Right, two thousand eight financial crisis. Like, yeah, the the banksters are all you know snakes. Like, okay, sure. It definitely is. It doesn't quite seem like it's worth the effort if this was just a money. I mean, it might be. It might just be a money grab. It might be. A, it might be. It might be a system of control with passports. It's, something's not. Something's not right. It, it, it's. Uh, I think there's a. Uh a group of individuals who've got different motives. Than money. I think they're all I think they all say it's an opportunity to make some money. I think that's just a given. Um, and for some of them it's an opportunity to control us. I'm sure for uh, some of them it's an opportunity to see how far they can tinker with our DNA and, you know, all this stuff, I'm, I'm sure that must be in their thinking without that consent, I hasten to add. I mean, I'm sure there's some people thinking um, it, it's a chance to work a few people down. Um, and then when we look at what's happening with those people who've had free jabs... Um, but 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 more ill with Omicron or whatever they call the latest version than the people who haven't had the vaccination. That is, so it's got negative efficacy. Um, but but now also talking about people taking HIV tests. Yeah. So the, the implication is that the immune system has been degraded so that people have got acquired immune deficiency syndrome. And that's something I think Professor Sushri Bhakti had warned about because he said the mode of action of the mRNA uh, injection targeted the wrong type of antibody. It's in his expert witness statement, which is at Hamsmith, but he said it Instead of targeting A, it targeted B or the other way around. 
So he said that that had the ability to weaken your immune system for when um, different uh, infections were circulating and made you more prone and susceptible. But that, that, that's been our experience, isn't it? Because that, that, that the politicians are telling us these vaccines are safe and effective. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing something different, but we're also seeing our politicians. I think Keir Starmer, who's been triple jabbed, I think he's had self-isolated six times and he's had COVID or whatever, SARS-CoV, three times, I think. So, I mean, I can't say it's safe and effective here having self self isolates. <laughs> None of it makes sense, does it? Could you could you go into more talking about the the clinical psychology aspect of what they've been using? Uh, yeah, I mean it's just been I, I wrote I wrote a blog on it called The Art of War because um they they basically deployed uh um, a, 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 a committee of clinical and psychologists and other sorts of psychologists, and in, in, the, in the meeting uh, of about 23rd of March 2020, they said that we weren't frightened enough, so they had to use commun- communication techniques that instilled fear into us. And uh, that, that's what we've been doing ever since. So if you look at the way it's been communicated, all you hear is that so many people have got the infection, so many people in hospital, so many people have died. But that picture of a painting um, with all the bar charts and scary-looking graphs isn't an accurate picture because... uh, a case is only defined as a case by using the PCR test initially, which couldn't differentiate between live and dead infection, and critically, according to the manufacturer's own instructions, you couldn't rely on a test without a clinical diagnosis. And most people who are testing themselves were testing themselves at home, didn't go anywhere. In fact, the doctors were shut um, in England. Anyway, the GPs were shut. So uh, none of the data they were relying on to scare us was reliable data, but they'd manipulated it and basically consumed their television time or program, TV, there's a lot of TV programming on SARS-CoV, you know. And uh, so, and then it's the three word slogans stay safe or stay at home, yeah. protect the nature, all that stuff. And it's been incessant. And then it's take a jab, protect grandma, and get boosted. And, just and they've got an advertising budget, you know. That I think they set an advertising budget of two hundred forty million 
So that, of course, pays for the radio stations and uh, uh, newspapers who then don't go off message. So it's been, it's been a bit of an all-out assault on our... Uh, in, information, it's been an information war and a, an assault to get us thinking that we're either in this big group here or we're over here and these people over here are selfish uh, idiots, uh, this, that and the other. But that wasn't, a, that wasn't a nice thing to do because people have suffered psychiatric harm because they sensed that something wasn't quite right. But they were made to feel that if they articulated their concerns, they were portrayed as an idiot or someone who was selfish and someone who would kill Granny. But that that wasn't fair. So that's really toxic. I saw it happen in America as well. It's probably worse in America. In some states, anyway. Yeah, the, a form of psychological abuse. To yeah, you can't even voice your opinion. You can't even talk. About it. You can't say, "Hey, guys, I'm I'm genuinely uncomfortable with this." If you want the vaccine, that's fine. I'm really not comfortable with this. I have some questions, and you're just told to shut up. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're spreading misinformation. You're killing individuals, and you're like, yeah. I just want to know what this thing is. You can't even bring it up. Sorry, by the way, I wasn't looking at my phone earlier. I was pulling up your website. Um, so because what how I found you was uh, sort of bringing the fight towards Boris Johnson. That's a friend that emailed me an article. Could you go into that more? So, well, there's a bit of a, I mean, you might not want to hear the background, but because the background's quite interesting. Because I, I, I thought there was something wrong by about November 2020, and I wrote a blog called uh, it, Is Our Government Acting Like a War Criminal? And then I wrote a couple more saying about the psychological warfare. I was getting more and more disillusioned. And then in June 2021, 20, uh, Dr. Sam White resigned. He's a uh, general practitioner, which in US terms, it's a, a local doctor, uh, not based at a hospital, but based at a health centre, if you like. And he, he spoke out and said that he was very concerned about all these issues, suppressed therapeutics, the use of masks, all this stuff, uh, gene therapy, so he, he actually got suspended by the NHS and then he got um, investigated by the GMC and we'll come back to them. Um, but uh, when he got suspended, uh, he engaged me as a lawyer and I think uh, the good thing about that was um, we didn't need to explain ourselves. We're exactly on the same page. Yeah. So I wrote a, a, a 25-page open letter to uh, the Chief Executive of National Health Service, and I copied in um, 
the commissioner of the Metropolitan Police, Cresta Dick, and in that letter, we, what's called, blew the whistle and alleged that the government, senior advisors, ministers, regulators, had misled the public, had been criminally negligent, and were abusing our right to inform consent, and that was a criminal offence, and that there was also undeclared um, conflicts of interest with various foundations, and I mentioned Gates and Epstein uh, in the letter. So um, we blew the whistle in a public letter, which I think got downloaded about a million times. It went viral a bit. Um, then uh, Dr. Sam White was suspended. And then in, in the UK and in, in the US, you have something similar. It's called the General Medical Council. And they started investigating Sam White. And um, uh, we had to, Dr. Sam White had to go to the Medical Practitioners Tribunal Service for spreading misinformation about the pandemic. So, of course, we pitched up at the uh, a court hearing uh, to, to, to determine whether or not he was spreading misinformation. And Sam, we'd done a 103-page witness statement proving each of the points made, gene therapy, no evidence behind masks, every single point we rebutted uh, in the witness statement. Anyway, the um, uh, Medical Practitioners Tribunal Services, in their wisdom, a panel decided, um, with a legally qualified chairperson, decided that Sam White, Dr. Sam White, could not speak on social media to discuss um, any aspect of the pandemic at all. So we, we got the judgment, and so I wrote in the next day, and I said to the chair, um, could I just clarify, if Dr Sam White stood as a member for Parliament, um, could he talk about the pandemic? And they wrote back saying, uh, we're not answering the question, it's perfectly clear. So anyway, we, we took that to the High Court in the UK. Um, there's a bit of a story, but I hope you don't mind me rambling. But anyway, we, we, we took it to the High Court in the UK, and we were very lucky. We had a very good judge, um, is on a Justice Dove, which is a great name, Justice Dove. Um, and we had a, we were blessed with a very good barrister called Francis Hall. Anyway, he, he managed to, well, the judge was actually fairly dissuaded from the word go, actually. But the judge's decision was that it reached Dr. Sam White's human rights to um, be sanctioned in that way as um, the, the, the panel had not really considered uh, whether if it went to a full hearing, the GMC would succeed. 
And because I hadn't asked that question, it, it was an error. And the judge picked the best example. He said, well, there's no evidence for the use of face coverings. Was the suggestion made by Dr. Samwhite, how likely are you to succeed at proving that that was disinformation? So we had we had the we had the ban uh, lifted on the third of um, December. Then we went on the front foot a bit. So we wrote to the NHS and said, since the five months have passed since we pointed out the negligent rollout of the vaccine, so another 1,500 people have died and you've not done anything. We copied it in Crested Dick. We also wrote to the GMC and said, you disciplined Sam White telling the truth, but we've got a TB doctor, Dr. Hilary Jones, who's telling outright lies on television and you're not taking any action on that, on him. You're misconducting yourself and... Uh, public office, and then we went to your equivalent of the FDA, which is MHRA, and said, basically, you're negligently uh, reckless in office and have caused um, people to suffer and die because you've not conducted yourself properly. You've taken... Uh, an emergency use authorization vaccine uh, completed in nine months when it normally takes 12 years. We've got an expert witness statement to that effect. How, how can you safely uh, produce a drug in, in nine months that normally takes 12 years? Yeah. How, how, how can you rely on data where the uh, the uh, RCT um, was unblinded early. How can he rely on the RCT in any event where in order to get on one arm or the other arm, you had to have a positive PCR test with all that, all of that entails? And the regulators just taken it on board, just not considered HCQ, not considered... Um, Ivermectin, she's not looked at remdesivir and midazolam, and a lot of people are suffering. Uh, so we, we decided that, that that was enough evidence to take to the police. And, and you'll be glad to hear we got such fantastic support from you guys in the States. We had Dr. Peter McCullough, he did a statement. Dr. Brian Ardis did a statement. Dr. Pierre Corey did a statement. Uh, Dr. Urso did a statement. Uh, just, you know, Peter McCullough, the all-time breaks over there. The they, they all gave a statement. And then, of course, we had Sushirik uh, Bhakti and Professor Bundia with pathology findings about the spike protein. They've given a statement. And then we've got, we're, we're blessed because uh, uh, there's such a the great thing about this is there's loads of people working behind the scenes who are really very talented and gifted. We've had some data analysts look at the VAERS data and uh, they've made some bulletproof findings. But they don't make happy reading 
uh, on the Bears data that this injection, SARS-CoV-2, uh, has 91 times more deaths than the flu vaccine. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, it looks to have 300% more um, spontaneous abortions and stillbirths. Um, and then when you... Uh, um, add in uh, what Thomas Renz and mm -hmm. uh, Senator Johnson mm had, -hmm. um, you know, your terrific Department of Defence and wonderfully kept records despite the attempts to manipulate allegedly. But the system was robust enough to produce a very strong, reliable, independent, independent, trusted data because I think people still have a trust in our military. I think that uniform still holds a lot of weight. Still holds I know when I go I know when I go to court, I've got a former military officer. I know that the judge and the panel looks at that evidence very favourably normally. So people do have a lot of trust in the military and that data verbalised by Thomas Renz to Senator Johnson was horrific. There's been a thousand percent increase in neurological issues, 300 percent increase in uh, stillbirths. I think it was 500 percent in myocarditis. The numbers were devastating. And I think we've got the American military to thank for producing such reliable, factual, it's information, isn't it? It's information people will rely on. Yeah. So, um, so I think what I'm finding is that countries uh, are working well together at our sort of level where we're helping one another, we're making contact, we're communicating with one another, we're sharing our expertise, we're telling you what's happening. And, um, you know, France were brilliant because Francois, uh, run by Xavier, I can't remember his name, um, he really nailed the uh, HCQ recovery trial and he's got a lot of that on audio because he had one of the uh, trial investigators, uh, Professor Landry, on his show, and he's all on audio. Um, <laughs> I think he'd made something that Professor Landry had got muddled up with another drug and a meat dysentery. Anyway, that's another story. So where, where was I going? Uh, <clears throat> all the data coming out from the DOD. Oh, Bears, yeah. So, yeah that, thank you. Thank, thank you for getting me back on track. Um, yeah, I was just off on one, wasn't I? Um, so, I yeah, do, no. I do, it, I do so, it every uh, podcast. I do it every episode. Start trailing yeah, uh, off, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, keep me on tram lines. <laughs> if I go off on guidelines, I'm all over the place. So, no, I think within... The ordinary person in both the United States, the United Kingdom, with the ordinary person on the street still holds the military 
in high regard. Yeah. And they will trust that data coming out of the military as rock solid, independent, no vested interest, just the facts. And I think that's where the gap between what they're telling us and what we're hearing starts to close because that that DOD, those DOD facts, you can't... you can't trump them, you know, you can't trump them. Mm-hmm. They're untrumpable facts. Yeah. That's got, to bring, that's got to close the gap. And the fact that they're not reported means that the mainstream media... They know it's true. But, well, they know it's true, but they're also complicit in... in the covering up of, of what Pfizer not, and Moderna are it, It's even worse than that. It's under international law, if your government's committing a crime on you and you're the mainstream media and you're propagandizing that crime and not reporting it independently, you're you're complicit. So I think uh, when, when, (laughs) when a legal reckoning comes, I think companies like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and your mainstream media and mainstream media have to be answerable because they prevented life-saving information from getting out to the public. And ivermectin's the classic case in point. The propaganda pushed out by the mainstream media was that it was a horse dewormer. And if you went on Facebook and said anything different, you were kicked off. Mm-hmm. So they're complicit in this. They can't... They can't. They, 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 they were the gatekeeper uh, of the information and they've cut out life-saving information. They've prevented people from knowing about life-saving information because you can't argue with what happened in Uttar Pradesh where 200 million people took ivermectin and had um, very little respiratory illness and death and and likewise Peru which up until the election they'd use ivermectin because this is a political project, not a health one, when they changed president and moved over to the injection agenda, cases went through the roof. So we've got the real-life data, not only from the DOD on the harm injections thing, but we've also got the real-life data that had you chosen something else, you'd have got a far better outcome. So why, why wasn't that something else chosen? There wasn't, wasn't enough dollar in it. So they, they basically put a price on people's lives, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, I, 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 is that, am I wrong there, Tommy? I mean, no, have no, I got no, that? No, you're not wrong at all. Um, we... We do got to wrap up in like uh, five minutes. I have to start preparing for podcast tomorrow. But what I wanted to say okay. was, I think the, I think probably the brilliant takeaway. And hey, we can always do another podcast. Don't think. Yeah, no, that's right. I, I, um, I do go on a bit. No, no, 
I've done almost 700 episodes. Trust me, I go on. Um, but I do think probably the, the most important takeaway of what you said was closing the gap between what they say is happening and what we know is happening. Because if Joe Rogan says it or if I say it or McCullough says it, oh, misinformation, disinformation, when it starts coming from the DOD, and then as you brilliantly pointed out, and the media won't cover it. Not only do they know that that's true, because the DOD still ha- does have, so is the MOD in the UK, they still have that uh, air of authenticity and uh, trustworthiness that not only are they not covering it because they know that they have no argument against it, it also shows direct complicity. And so it's one thing if Pfizer or Moderna do something, if there are, and, I, I'm, and I've been saying this since early last year, early or early 2021, I think one day, years or decades from now, we're going to, we're going to see the, the emails or the, 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 the uh, money, the money trail between Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson and Johnson, and these huge media corporations that says, Hey, stamp out. It's one thing to, it's one thing to have a, uh, an ad campaign pushing for your product. That's one thing. It's a whole I mean, it's a literal crime against humanity to then also use those platforms and information dissemination uh, systems to suppress medical treatment. The number of people that have died from the vaccine pales in comparison to the number of people that have died unneedingly. Is that the right word? Unnecessarily from not being able to get early treatment. 23,000 deaths on VAERS, horrible. Not trying to make light of that. Dr. McCullough says 85%. Dr. Freed says 99% of all deaths from COVID were preventable. They were known to be preventable, and they were actively covered up. When you look at it from that point, it's millions. There are millions of deaths. We're looking at at something that for the next 80 years, people are going to say, never again, and how did that happen? And we saw firsthand exactly how it did happen, very slowly. And through psychology, uh, 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 I'm just can I just finish on two points. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first point is not only did they take out HCQ and um, uh, yeah, uh, Mexican, they brought in Mendezavir, yeah, and the Dazdalan. <laughs> you know, so and then there's just one final gap, and if we close this one, Tommy. Uh, this could be quite a famous uh, conversation, but uh, the, the media wants to talk about the Boris Gate crime of uh, the parties, Party Gate. Uh, a lot of the public want to talk about the crime number we put in at Hammersmith Police Station, and um, at the moment, if Cressida Dick resigns, I think we might close that gap down as well. I think that I've been saying this for two years, very slowly, but very surely, the truth will come out. It will all come out, and it's only going to accelerate as they start to realize that as they start to realize that they're cornered, it's going to get faster because they're going to start turning on each other and selling each other out. Not unlike the Nazis in April and May 1945. 
start selling yeah. each other out. Hey, man, he's a bad guy. Uh, yeah. Operation Paperclip. I was about to say Operation Paperclip by Annie Jacobson. They got the ticket out. Yep, yep. They were all... And are we still, are we still living out that operation? Yeah. They, it, operation Paperclip by Annie Jacobson. They go and show just how quickly these guys start turning on each other. They'd each come in and be interviewed one by one. And then they'd, you know, they'd be like, by the way, I'm just saying that other guy, that guy's a Nazi. They would all say that. It will... It takes a long time to get to that point, but once we get to it, accelerating, it's just going to go faster and faster and faster. <laughs> just one more, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> because um, you know, it was mainly the American effort to get von Braun over Arthur Germany Braun, yeah. into into NASA and all this stuff. <laughs> but typical Britain, we had a we we had a we had a, we had an operation, and we. We called it Operation Dustbin, uh, and it was like an offshoot of Operation Paperclip. It's in, it's in that book. <laughs> and the three people we had in the, as our agents on this operation to recruit um, American, I'm uh, sorry, German uh, bio bioweapons experts. The three, the three people we had, the special agents over in France and Germany, Recruiting the Nazi uh, bioweapons experts. Well, we had um, we had Dennis Wheatley, who you, you American viewers might not um, recognise, but he's a well-known um, Satanist novelist. We we had Ian Fleming, um, James, who's, um, James Bond. You know, you, you, you just got to look at Tree Tree Bang Bang and think that's a bit that child catch is a bit weird. Um, <laughs> So also rumours of being the same club. And then we had uh, Alistair Crowley. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, 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 was Britain, that was Britain's line-up to mop up the Nazis. That was the 18. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, you know, we, did, we sent out quite an A-team of... Uh, <laughs> uh, and then when you, you just look at the Bond movies and a whole different light, don't you? Mm. Yeah. They don't seem nearly as menacing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, but so, that to me right. that's the importance of doing these interviews and that's the that's the importance of people like you and McCullough and everyone in between is if we can all just do a little bit to try to push the truth out, we'll get there much quicker and there will be there will be justice and more importantly, there will be the ceasing of these unnecessary deaths which are still happening every day still happening. I'm having a woman on later this week on this podcast. Husband, perfectly healthy, died because their hospital was restricted from prescribing ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. She had to watch him die. It still happened. So it's not it's not just that the truth is going to come out. There are still unnecessary deaths happening every single day. So it's not over yet. Like we have to finish no. it. So that I have faith that we will as more and more people see what's going on, they can't help but get involved. And as more people get involved, it becomes easier socially to get involved. You feel like less of an outcast. You don't get made fun of as much. It's not as crazy anymore. People start to team up. Courage is, uh, yeah, courage is contagious. We will win this. This will be brought to light. I don't know in what way. I don't know on what timeline. But it's an inevitability. The sun will rise tomorrow. The truth will come out. And um, with that, I say we wrap this one up. 
I'll send you an email okay. when it's up. I'd love to have you on again sometime, man. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks thank you, so sir. much for having me. It's been thank a real you. honor. Thank, thank you. Yeah, man, thanks for coming up. Thanks for staying up. I know you know you're five hours ahead of me. I'm tired. It's seven. You must be exhausted. It's midnight. No, uh, I'm all right. I'm ready to go again. All right. <laughs> Good. That's the energy we thank need. You. With that, Mr. Philip Hyland, thank you so much, sir. God bless. Take thank care. Thank I'll you email you when it's up. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you.